Hello and welcome to episode 6 of PCC Employment Lawyers Employment Law Podcast. I'm Brian Powers, Director of PCC Employment Lawyers. I'm here with Helen Carter, the other director of the firm, Jacob Reddy, the associate um, of the firm, and also we're going to be joined as well by um, our guest today, Jessica Hatton, who's a solicitor at the firm, who's going to talk about a particularly interesting case that was in the commission recently. Today we're going to talk about socialising at work and the extent to which conduct when um, at a workplace social function or social function connected with work can you know constitute you know disciplinary action and also talk a little bit about liabilities of employers when is conduct workplace conduct and when isn't it and talk about a couple of cases the reason for that very timely is because we're just entering the Christmas period everyone's going to be having their Christmas party soon um, so it's a, a timely reminder. We might finish up a, a, at the end of this with a couple of suggestions on how you can manage those risks if you're about to have your Christmas party. So I, I think a good starting place, Jake, can you talk to us a little bit about what constitutes a workplace and not a workplace um, for the purposes of you know employee disciplinary action? Yeah, thanks, Brian. So the leading case on this is Rose and Telstra Corp, uh, 1998. Um, that was in the Industrial Relations Commission. And so that sets out, um, and it, it's cited all the time, no doubt, in the, the case that Jessica will discuss a bit later, but um, essentially it looks at when an employer is able to validly terminate the employment of an employee because of conduct that they've um, engaged in outside of um, work hours and essentially sort of what you were saying, how that constitutes sort of the workplace. Um, so that's permitted in three circumstances. Um, for the first one is where the conduct uh, is such viewed objectively that it's likely to cause serious damage to the relationship between the employer and the employee. Uh, the second one is where the conduct damages the employee's interests. So that could be reputational interests, financial interests, um, those sorts of things. And the third one is where the conduct is incompatible with the employee's duty as an employee. Uh, so to provide some context, I guess, to sort of what that, that test, um, I'll sort of quickly go through what, what the, um, the case of Rose and Telstra Corp actually was about. So Mr. Rose in that case um, was an employee of Telstra Corp um, and he was involved in a fight with another employee um, whilst off duty on a work trip funded by his employer. So. Um, in that case, um, it was held that the conduct uh, actually lacked the requisite connection to his employment um, because it, it took place outside of working hours. Um, the employee was not wearing his work uniform. He wasn't on call at the time. Um, and it took place in a hotel room and not a public place. Um, and because it was in private and it wasn't in a public place, um, there wasn't any evidence that the reputation of the employer could be tarnished by what happened. Yeah, and of course, it's. Uh, I, I always note that's still a seminal case, but that was the sort of pre-Instagram slash Facebook era as well. Yeah, I mean, it, the, it was a different world yes. uh, in 1998. Yeah. The, the capacity for, yeah. <laughs> the capacity to, to, to affect employers' interests now has been heightened, you know. And I mean, like, I guess in regards to Christmas parties, definitely in the last few years, sort of, you've, you've definitely seen um, employers sort of, I guess, tightening up. It's not sort of a free-for-all, which it might have been sort of 
maybe back 20 odd years yeah. ago um, employers are a lot more aware of you know how things could go wrong and I'm just glad that smartphones didn't exist when I was yeah. in my 20s. <laughs> um, Jessica, what was the case that, that, that you found that recently? And this this is a recent case, isn't it? But it actually related to a Christmas party last year. Is yeah, that so right? last yeah. year's Christmas party, but it was decided this year. The case is... And I'm going to interrupt because Jessica's just blogged on this issue on workplaceculturematters.com.au, isn't that correct? Yes. So if you, want to, if, if you want a more thorough, but anyway, please go on. Yeah, so the case is Mr Bradley Drake um, versus BHP Coal Proprietary Limited in the Fair Work Commission. They actually involve two dismissals, uh, dismissals of two employees, Bradley Drake and Andrew Bird who at the Christmas party last year got into a physical and verbal altercation with another supervisor at BHP. Um, It also involved Bradley Drake saying to a female colleague, do you have fake tits? And all the girls have them. You can't come to strip 44 unless you have fake boobs. But the main issue was around the physical and verbal altercation. So both Bradley and Andrew submitted that they didn't know that it was an was a Christmas party run by PHP. They thought it was just the usual PJ night, which is the night between the change of shifts from day to night shifts. The employees get together. It's organised by the employees to have a yeah. drink when they've got some extra time in there to recover, I'm guessing. But not for the sanction by the employers. Just no, to, the yeah. normal PJ nights aren't. Yeah. But in this... In this um, case, BHP actually contributed towards the food and the barefoot bowls and it provided two buses to transport the on-site employees to the party. There was also flyers around the site saying that it was the Christmas party, all were welcomed and that the food and buses were provided. So it was a bit disingenuous for them to say, oh, we didn't realise that it was, um, you know, a work function where they're getting free food free lift back to um, camp sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. So the, uh, it was... They probably thought the CFMEU had put that stuff on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Deputy President President Asbury, Asbury? Asbury. Uh, Asbury. Asbury. Yeah. Said it was probably more likely than not that they knew it was a BHP Christmas party. But then he went into and saying if they didn't, they, they had the prerequisites the requirements from the Rose case to make it a BHP party. Right, yeah. So even if it hadn't been put on, yeah. it, it satisfied those Rose and Telstra tests. Yeah. yeah. So there was about 60 employees out there. They'd all gathered at one in, in venue for the common purpose of it being Christmas because it was out in a regional town. The employment relation, the employee-employee relationship was going to be damaged from any fisticuffs that happened in a public place, especially when BHP was so big, was the major employer in this regional town. And having public present, because there was also family members and other people at the bowls, would increase the damage to PHP, BHP's interests. So he found that in the case of Bradley Drake, he was dismissal was valid and not unfair. He found that Bradley was the actual person who punched the supervisor. So his dismissal was valid. However, in working out whether Andrew Bird was unfairly dismissed, he found that the BHP investigation process was flawed in that the references that 
the inferences they made that both parties had punched the supervisor were incorrect. And so because he hadn't actually punched him, he just had the verbal altercation, he was ordered to be reinstated. But because of his actions, he got a deduction of 75% for lost remuneration. Yeah. And BHP, of course, have the onus of proving that that actually happened. That's yes. a question of fact. And they failed to do so. And I mean, that in, is, in the case of one employee, but not the other. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That is a significant deduction in terms of the 75%. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it does reflect on the Commission's view in relation to the conduct. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, well, that... That one seems like a bit of a slam dunk, really. I mean, that's that's workplace conduct, isn't it? But what, yeah. what was the one that you, you were looking at, Jake? There's another one that where, where it's a little bit greyer. Yeah, so this one was uh, another one involving Telstra, actually. Um, and this one is Streeter and Telstra. Um, it was from 2008. Uh, and it also involved a staff Christmas party. Um, sort of... Oddly held in, uh, I think it was January or February, because they couldn't find a time to do it before Christmas. They held it after Christmas, but... We well, almost it... feel to have <laughs> their Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's, the first, that's the first place they've gone wrong. Yeah. Anyway, so they held a staff Christmas party, um, and quite a few of the employees had booked a hotel room nearby um, so that they were able to, you know, sort of stumble home and didn't have to worry about taxis and all that at the end of the night. Um, so obviously lots and lots of alcohol involved um, a few of the employees that were sharing a hotel room um, was Miss Streeter and I think there was about three others Miss um, Streeter um, brought back some uh, male companions and they proceeded to um, or she had sex with I think two different um, males uh, during the night um, and her three colleagues that were staying there were it, it highly distressed um, by what happened um, and so when they went to work on Monday um, yeah basically let work know that they weren't too happy with it um, and there was an investigation um, during the investigation Miss um, Streeter was asked by um, the person conducting the investigation a number of questions um, and they weren't too happy with her responses a lot of the, her responses were no comment um, and she, yeah, just wasn't sort of cooperating with the investigation. Um, ultimately, it led to her dismissal um, and she made an unfair dismissal application. And so um, the key point to consider again, they applied the Rose test um, in trying to determine basically whether um, it was workplace conduct um, that allowed um, a dismissal to happen and so at first instance um, the commissioner actually held that it was um, an unfair dismissal um, because essentially the, the staff function had finished, it was in a hotel room a private place um, and there was sort of a, a bit more um, complex issues about whether it constituted sexual harassment in connection with employment and public act of indecency you know criminal conduct basically um, but the commissioner held that none of that was the case. Um, it was appealed to the, the full bench um, and they quashed the first decision and held that it was um, a fair dismissal and that turned solely on the fact that Miss Streeter was actually um, dishonest throughout the investigation process. Uh, it was clear that she'd misled the investigator, she'd lied. Um, and so, yeah, sort of a, maybe a bit of a technicality there, but from the perspective of whether it happened in the workplace or not, the commission held in that instance that it wasn't. 
Yeah, and I think one of the 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 key factors, and I mean, this might be a little bit uh, stating the obvious, but one of the key things in these in these events are really it comes down to alcohol. Um, one of the ones that we, we we cite this in the book that the Keenan and Leighton Borrell Amy joint venture from 2015 FWC three one five six that's you know is a case I think Vice President Hatcher where the the employee had clearly done atrocious things had done the wrong thing and and, and by any normal standard that was misconduct but in that case. Um, you know, it was, it was demonstrated that the employer had just been plying everybody with booze. Yeah. And, and, and the vice president made that comment that, you know, is it, sort of, it's contradictory and self-defeating, I think was the, was the phrase, to, to insist upon certain standards of behaviour when you, you know, actually directly liable. So I think a lot of it comes down to, to managing the booze, really. I mean, it's, it's good to have a good time and all the rest of it, but... You know, to, to to an extent, and there's a couple of things we we talk about it in the book. Maybe I'll, I'll bring Helen in on on some of these ideas, but but we ha- we have a chapter in the book, socialising at work, and really there's a couple of things. Um, code of conducts are really important. Um, have a code of conduct in the first place, but also bring it to the attention. Bring it to the attention that you know, just because you might be physically outside of the workplace, yeah. If, if you're at a, a function that's organised by work, the same rules apply. That's no. right. And just because your stingy boss is finally buying you four or five drinks yeah. in one occasion doesn't mean you've got license to, to go wild. I think that's... And, and that, that it's the temptation, and we've all been there in that employee context, but um, it's... Uh, yeah. So bringing the code of conduct to the employee's attention is obviously critical before the Christmas party, but it's also very important just in day-to-day um, management of employees... So many employers will have a code of conduct, but when it comes to an issue where someone's dismissed for breach of code of conduct, the evidence and often believed by the employer, by the Fair Work Commission, and because it is true, is that the employee might have vaguely been referred to it on start of employment as never been talked about again. Yeah. So, no, so it's no really point having policies That's right. unless, unless people are aware that people exist. are aware of them and are people and it's reinforced. So yeah. take every opportunity, including before the Christmas party, to refer to your code of conduct. Yeah. A couple other points we make is that providing alternatives, um, both providing alternative drinks is really important. Don't forget, this, it's, it's, a, it's a common thing that people do in terms of managing alcohol is just provide water. something else. Provide water, provide soft drinks, provide interesting things to drink other than alcohol. Limit consumption, consider that. And also just entertain. Um, that, that's another point. I think it's very important... Um, uh, that there be one senior person at a function who remains so that's what that was going to be my next point because that they can then intervene and stop if something gets out of track and they also are there to provide very cogent evidence if it's required if something goes out of track but if you have a situation where you turn around at the end of the night and there's an issue and your managing director and your hr manager were also completely intoxicated we've got a big problem no that's right and and also the fact that there's a there's an element to which that you know either yeah that's right can they be sure and that that was one of the one of the points that that we've said as well and the monitor employees particular members of management need to be given designated responsibility for that and and that's a bit you know it's unfortunate because you know, but but exactly as you say that 
being able to give cogent evidence or even at least being able to, to you know to front up to a fair work commission conciliation and, and be able to remember what happened <laughs> yeah it is, is critical everyone wants to let their hair down but that's Otherwise, yeah you'll end up with vice president or deputy president Hutch's position yeah. which is that you know if everyone in the employment situation including the senior people yeah. were totally intoxicated well don't try and turn no, it on one that's person, right particularly yeah so a good example i guess on that note of how that um plays out so we've given a sort of a few example of cases so far uh and this one what it, well, this is another one uh by an aldi stores um it was a fair work commission uh case in 2018 um so mr Vi uh attended the christmas party um i think he'd been drinking uh you know, pre-drinks beforehand, so... Pre-loading. Yeah, pre-loading. <laughs> we're, if we're getting technical, not off, not off to a good start. Um, but he, he turned up and he threw a glass of beer um, over the heads of some of his colleagues. Um, management, I am don't know for sure if they were so, completely sober, but they did step in and had a word with him and said, mate, if you keep carrying on, um, we're going to have to, uh, like this, we're going to have to ask you to leave, so please settle down. Um... Unfortunately, Mr. Vi continued to act completely inappropriately and intoxicated, um, and he was dismissed um, for this. So when it got to the commission, um, Aldi was able to successfully argue um, that the dismissal was fair, um, and it pointed to the fact that it had taken steps to limit the consumption of alcohol. Um, senior management were, were there to basically step in and still be able to pull people into line if needed. Um, and even though he didn't sort of follow their directions, I mean, there's not much more you can do if you've, if you've sort of told someone to do something and they've, they've ignored you. Um, and they also hired security guards, so um, other people there that were sober and responsible and able to step in if needed. So um, the commission also noted on, on, on that point that at some stage, um, the employees have to take responsibility as adults that, you know, they can't just point to their employer and say, you provided me with alcohol at the Christmas party, you know, yeah. at some point you've got to take responsibility yeah. for your actions. So, so the message really is, is, is how, how responsible, how irresponsible is the conduct in comparison with the event itself? So yes. if you're holding a responsible event, then, then irresponsible conduct at that event is going to be workplace disciplinary conduct. But if, you, if you're just going to let loose full people full of booze and have nothing, you know, nothing in place to prevent that, then really you're going to find it hard to to criticise your own employees and yep. discipline them. And you know, so. it should be noted that the Commissioner was slightly critical of Aldi in this case because they didn't, and we mentioned this one earlier, they didn't bring to the attention of the employees the code of conduct, mm. but it was held that um, this wasn't um, sort of fatal to their argument that the dismissal was fair because the Commissioner said it was pretty clear that it was a work function, so the same same rules apply, the code of conduct applies, the employee should have known that. So that employee in that case um, was pretty lucky to only get it talking to with throwing the beer over the person's head. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that, would, that could have been it. I mean, that would yeah. get, if, if you're at a I pub, you get kicked out of You get kicked out. I personally wouldn't like beer topped over my head. <laughs> no, no, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, arguably should have been asked to leave at that stage, that stage but yeah. obviously yeah. hindsight's, you know. Yeah, so thing, they, were, they were acting pretty balanced overall. Yeah, that that's probably nearly a high watermark of you know how employers should handle the situation. Sort of. Well, it's hard to imagine Aldi getting it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're pretty organised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
The last point we've, we make, um, or a couple of points we make uh, in the book, think about transport as well, um, getting people actually home. You know, we all remember Mitchell Pierce and the cab charge. He, he was given a cab charge and then suddenly um, he's on social media. Or he was in someone's with, In room. someone's house yeah. with, a, with, with a dog and social media. No, 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 that's the, the dog episode. But I've got two points here. We've got think ahead about transport, have a designating finishing time and consider a social media ban. And I bring up Mitchell Pierce because that's exactly right. Apparently they got off the cruise ship, they were given cab charges. He didn't use a cab charge, he just went home with some people. Um, there was an incident with the, with the dog. And then, to be honest, you know, it showed, it, it was... It was shown afterwards that there was a there was an element where the where the people were interested in filming him on social media and getting a you know filming him and getting you know so. Is that when he was playing for the Roosters? That is right. Yeah. yeah. So all of those things. Finish the event, get people home, is a good way. And then. Well, I mean, you avoid while some there, you avoid some of these grey areas like the drinks after the par- after the party. Does that kind con- if you just if you provide them with a taxi home or, yeah. or bus, a bus home in the, 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 the case that Jessica discussed, yeah. you, you're sort of, li- you're minimising yeah, yeah. risk in relation to if the If you have yeah. a minibus home, it's fantastic because it makes sure they don't go to a second function where you may or may yeah. not be held liable or whatever happens. Or the after function. And now that we're talking, and that's the thing, a lot of those cases are, are, are really pre the era of, of, of social media and certainly live streaming on social media, which is a, yeah. just a killer Snapchat and Facebook Live and things. Where you're really talking about, you know that that, that really can it can be stuff. gone. You can wake up in the morning and that's it. That's your, you know, um, you either the employer's reputation or the employee's job is gone. So, or both, or both, and and bringing in so that so think about social media. Think about end of the event, and um and, and I really think that's those are the key things. And if you have someone that you see, the the, the designated remaining sober person sees someone completely out of line. Get them, take them, put them in the taxi, That's give right. the taxi driver the address and make sure... Because the designated place. sober person's got to go home at some stage. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, um, okay. Well, that's it. Enjoy your Christmas party, everybody. Yeah, on that note. <laughs> when, when's our Christmas party? <laughs> it, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll be back in the new year with, with more podcast topics and have a Merry Christmas and, um, and thanks very much. Bye.